comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Mr. Stark. Yeah? Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from the uh, Strategic Homeland the... Intervention right, Enforcement yeah. Logistics Division. God, you can get a new name for that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. That's being handled. That's what we do. Just call us sheep. Russ, did you recognize Peter McNichol from Ghostbusters? It's Vigo. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it took me a while. I must, uh, I must admit, because I'm so used to watching on the DVR that sometimes I skip past like the guest stars and the uh, things oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't catch on till later. But uh, very cool. Good casting in that spot. Yes, yeah, and he's also, he. I mean, he's done a billion things. I mean, he was big on that show Chicago Hope for a long time, that medical drama that was on around the same time as ER. Of course, he was the Dragon Slayer way back in the, uh, I guess, what, 79, I think that movie oh, came wow. out from Disney? Wow. Yeah, very young Peter McNichol in that movie. Yes, a little more hair. Probably, maybe a little leaner. Happens to the best of us. It, that is true. But welcome to the Shield podcast. It's episode eight, the Well. As you've guessed, um, probably by now, John and Russ are here. Uh, we're going to try to sync up with Brad again soon, as soon as we can get a handle on his new work schedule and and make that happen. Uh, so this was our big Thor to the Dark World tie-in. Yeah, sorta, kinda. Yeah. Um. I must say, I know I've probably said to Russ in emails and texts and, and whatever a dozen times, I'm going to see Thor 2 today, still have not seen the movie, and it worked out really well for me because you really didn't need to. I was afraid that I was going to be missing important information, but pretty much in the first two minutes, right? Big mess after Thor, we're cleaning up, go. Yeah, it- yeah, it's good on both fronts. Um, on the one front, it doesn't spoil anything for Thor. Um, and on the other front, if you've seen Thor, you kind of get it. But I think this episode was related to Thor kind of uh, coincidentally rather than directly. Yeah, and I know some people uh, on the internet did feel a bit cheated. Uh, I think we have an email for later on that will... Uh that puts that message forward as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting... I definitely wasn't expecting, you know, Thor or Loki or anybody like that to show up. I yeah. guess maybe I was holding out for, like, a Kat Dennings. <laughs> you know, she's on TV anyway. What's the big deal? Um, yeah. 
But uh, we got none of that. We just pretty much got mentions. And you know what? We did get an Asgardian-centric, made up my own word, Asgardian-centric episode, which was cool. I mean, it did tie in. Yeah. Yeah. There's another uh, sci-fi tie, as I mentioned, Peter McNichol from Dragon Slayer. I guess that's more fantasy than sci-fi. But uh, Jonathan Frakes directed this episode. So this is the second... Star Trek, I, I won't say Next Generation, but the the the, the resurgent Star Trek TV series uh, star alum that's directed an episode. Of course, we had uh, Roxanne Dawson from Voyager that directed an episode a few a few episodes back, and then of course Jonathan Frakes, who played uh, Commander Riker on Star Trek: The Next Generation, he directed uh, First Contact, which I think is probably the second best, if not third best, Star Trek movie ever ever made, uh, as well as Star Trek: Insurrection, which is probably the worst or second worst Star Trek movie ever made. Um, but I don't think the direction, the, his, the fault was in the direction. So that was kind of nice seeing his name on the directing side of it. Sure. And I think all of this that we've mentioned so far added up to a little bit of a tick in the ratings, you know, probably mostly for the hype um, of the tie-in with Thor 2. And, you know, maybe hopefully, because the show's been a little better the last couple of weeks, hopefully it all contributed yeah, I, th- I think it was kind of a, a lot of things. And I, I, the other thing I think that maybe is in its favor a little bit, and, and since we're kind of talking about ratings, it, it ticked up to a 2.3 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Last week it was a 2.2, so it is a little bit of an uptick. Some of this might be related to the fact that NCIS, which is like the highest rated drama on television, I know we say that every week, uh, they were resolving a plot line that, that had to deal with a very popular character that had decided not to come back on the show. So they took the first few episodes of the season to kind of give her a, a shove off and a farewell. And it could be maybe that show's feeling, you know, maybe people that were on the bubble between shield and NCIS have flipped back over to shield. Now that that has kind of been resolved and they kind of know what happened and maybe they're not, you know, crazy about the void that's been left or, or what's going on. So that, that may be a little of it. Uh, but I, I think it's I think it's probably all of the above going on, which I think is good for the show. Right. And the episode, strangely enough, um, well, strangely enough for me, you know, it was called The Well, obviously um, referring to the flashback memories that Agent Ward has when he touches the Berserker staff. Um, so we're getting filled in onto filled onto. Let me start that over. <clears throat> so we're getting filled in on you know that backstory that we've heard a little bit about before. Something happening to Agent Ward's brother, and you know it, it didn't. It seemed like it wasn't as big enough a part of the episode as it needed to be to warrant like being the name of the episode and to really make me care. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess in, in the sense it kind of gave an explanation for why he reacted the way he did to the, to the staff, but it was odd that we never got any resolution with that. You know, we never, we never kind of got any context around it. It was very focused on that specific, you know, and at first it was kind of funny because I thought it was him down in the well, and it wasn't him. It was his brother that was down in the well. Right. Um, and then and at then, one point I even thought, was he the bully or was he the other kid? You know, like right. it was very unclear. Right. 
and I think that was fine because it kind of played into the to the mystery. Like it, 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 that was good in that it kept you hooked on the, you know, kept you hooked in the episode. And you know, it's it's funny because they're trying to slowly flesh out these characters, and we've been complaining that we don't really care too much, or we're not getting enough Melinda May, and we don't, you know, Ward is too stiff, and and they are slowly like developing these characters, and. It's kind of telling that I cared much more that Simmons wasn't calling her parents back <laughs> than anything that they brought us with Agent Ward. That's funny. I, 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 I don't know that I had the same reaction. I was, I was kind of intrigued as to what was going on, and I think a lot of it uh, had to do like with, you, with what you were saying earlier, John, that I thought maybe he was the bully at first, and... and well, like I said, first I thought it was him. Then I thought maybe he was the bully. So I was I was kind of intrigued and sucked into it. I felt a little bit cheated that we didn't get resolution, and I'm I'm assuming that's just because it's something they're going to go back to, um, and maybe they can resolve a little easier without having to 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 tell everything. You know, we we'll, we've got the backstory on that, so hopefully it'll just be something that they could resolve uh, somewhat quickly to to we can find out what what really happened. Right. And it was very, um, very Christopher Nolan Batman. That scene yeah. with the well and yes. sort of the yes. flashes, and uh, it definitely brought that to mind a couple of times. Yeah, for for sure. The cold open was kind of neat. That uh, and this this they've been doing this for the last couple of weeks, where they put the first I don't know three or four uh, minutes of the show online a day or two in advance, and I think that's at least for the last few episodes, I think that's worked in their favor again, because I think they're solid. You know, we, we've talked about the, the cold, you know, the open before the credits being, you know, pretty solid. And so this week I thought it was kind of cool. And it, it reminded me of the pilot a little bit. Um, you know, the pilot opened with sky giving that narration about, you know, what happened in the Avengers. And this time we got some narration from, uh, Simmons about Thor and Asgard and everything else. And I thought it was kind of cool. And then they kind of capped it off with the, uh, the little bit of comedic element of them, you know, you think it's going to be this, this dramatic thing that she's, you know, the story she's telling, or she's telling it to, you know, a, a group of her colleagues or, or something like that. And then we find out that they're basically damage control. You know, they're, they're there to clean up the mess that, uh, you know, that, that the dark elves and, and the Asgardians and the humans and everybody, uh, caused in Thor, the dark world. And that, that's not a spoiler. I mean, that's, it, it, you know, you pretty much see that in the trailer. Now, uh, hmm. well, I guess it's not a spoiler because if you watch the television show, they came out and said it anyway. So um, the idea that Asgardians are actually just aliens, is that something from Thor 2, The Dark World? Is that something I don't really remember from the original Thor? Is this a new concept for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I didn't recall that. Yeah, they kind of touched on it in in the first Thor movie because you know they that's where they kind of gave the whole you magic know, you call and science it, you, right you call it you know magic we call it sci- you know science it's somewhere in between um, you know they talked about other realms you know about you having to travel through space and time uh, you know an Einstein Rosen bridge that you know that was that was uh, uh, Jane Foster's whole thing which is to be able to travel between two points in space so it kind of I think it was kind of implied that um that they were aliens i don't remember anything specifically in thor the dark world that would 
that would uh, that laid that out specifically. Like there was no line in the movie that I recall where they specifically called them aliens as opposed to gods. Right. Uh, I I think from the get go they've made that connection that we we just just see them as gods. I, I th- there is a line, and I. I I, again, I don't think this is this is a spoiler, um, but you might want to forward on thirty seconds if you're if you're concerned. But I, I don't think this is a spoiler at all. There is a bit in there where Thor talks to, um, uh, Thor is talking to Odin, and they talk about how Asgardians live, uh, you know, about five thousand years. Like basically, they're these events that happened on Earth. Uh, that they they point to these events that have taken place and they span about 5000 years and it's kind of equated that that's that's a generation um to asgardians like basically they live about 5 to 6000 years give or take um and that that's why humans see them as gods because they just they just have very long lives and they're they're very powerful and and you know they come and go and teleport and have fantastical powers and all that kind of stuff. So they're kind of seen as gods. And they and they kind of make a remark about that in Thor the Dark World. But again, it's not implicit that they say alien, but but given that they mentioned it in Agents of Shield, I to me it made sense. I mean, I just equate one with the other. I think that that based on the precedence like we said of magic and science that they're laying down in this cinematic universe or in this Marvel Studios universe, this fit fully in line for me. Yeah, and, and it just makes more sense for the live action, you know, I want to say movie tie-in, but the you know the the live action media stuff that they're doing. I mean, yeah. it, you know, gods can't be beaten. You know, <laughs> right? It, it just makes more sense on a comic book page than like in a live. There's no threat ever if you have gods on your side. So yeah, and with Guardians of the Galaxy coming up, I think it it, it ties in a lot more with that as well you know it, it just it just makes sense right the next bit that i didn't understand and this is i think why it tangentially ties into thor the dark world is we see the two they're in norway and we see the two we think are hikers or whatever but they're very they're looking for something very specific they chop down the tree and they cut out the piece of this staff that we'll come to learn is the berserker staff and that kind of came out of left field to me they didn't explain like where they got these directions or unless I missed something. Um, the, the way I understood it and it was, it was very vague, but the only thing, the only way that they explained it was when professor Randolph was saying he slipped, you know, he slipped finally one time to a woman and told his stories. And then, you know, a monk, I think he said, wrote them down and that's where the legends came so these two were basically like using the legend trying to figure out the clues as to where they were. Yeah. And the the only thing I guess maybe is timing-wise that I guess maybe they started this, you know, maybe the Asgard, you know, Thor coming back and being a part of the Avengers, that kind of maybe sparking a renewed interest in Asgardian stuff. Right. And that maybe what the events of Thor the Dark World were like the capper on it that maybe they found something an artifact or something laying around or maybe that just you know kind of pushed them even further to be like look at how powerful these guys are look at what was going on during this incursion we need to get on this device that we need to find because it is so powerful so i kind of made that logical leap myself but 
from somebody completely on the outside, just not nerdy like I am, and, and just kind of coming in and watching the show, I could see where they may be like, well, that's kind of coincidental that, you know, those two things happen and they really don't have anything to do with each other. They're, I don't see any causality directly between what they were doing in England cleaning up the, the remnants of this battle and these people finding this artifact in the woods. Right. No, I agree. It was it was sketchy at best. I mean, I, I guess on a, on a one-hour television show that likes to wrap itself up at the end of each episode, you know, you're going to have to skim a little bit here and there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just from a logical storytelling, trying to get ratings and make an interesting show, Thor is kind of in the minds of people right now. So to have an episode dealing with Asgard, dealing with Thor and, and all of this stuff, it just kind of makes sense. You know, right. if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it. And I did really enjoy the twist with the professor. Oh, yeah. You I know, did and, and, not see that coming. No, not at all. I mean, I thought the... I think what they did was they kind of bait you with the first twist that he's going to double cross them and go for the staff himself. Yes. So that kind of lulls you into, oh, all right, he's just kind of a, you know, glory hound type weaselly guy. And then when Ward goes at him with the knife and he ends up bending it and you realize uh, that he's actually Asgardian, that was, that was great. I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. I, and two, Peter McNichol's not a very physically imposing individual. Right. And, you know, most Asgardians we've seen to this point have been, you know, you know, good looking, big, tall, attractive, you know, uh, you know, people. And to see just kind of this average Joe short guy, older, um, you know, it just it totally you totally didn't see it coming. What Ward Adam went at him with the knife. I thought he was just trying to prove that he had come in contact with the staff and absorbed, you know, the power from it like everybody else had. Um, right. And then, when, like you said, when they dropped the whole, oh, he's Asgardian, I was like, now that's cool. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, one part, and we're jumping all over the place as we usually do, uh, the Melinda May angle with, with picking up the staff um, – First of all, I thought that she was going to control it by by using the Tai Chi that she was doing last episode. Yes, yes. Which I think would have been great. Uh, you know, just her having total control over her emotions and channeling it through, like, the martial arts or whatever. That would have been fantastic. Um, the explanation that she gave, I was okay with it, but I thought it was very Hulk from the Avengers. Yes. I'm angry all the time. Yes. You know. She says, I think about it all the time, so that's why it doesn't bother me that the staff brings these memories back. But I was okay with it. I mean, it was, it was good. It just, it just made me think of the Hulk immediately from, from the movie. Yeah, me, me too. But yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, you could definitely tell she was able to handle it much better. Um, and it was kind of cool to see her get, you know, get tough. You know, when she put that whole staff together and then kind of flipped it around and she was you know, beating the crap out of those guys, I, I, I finally got this... You know, we're starting to see, little by little, a little bit more Melinda May uh, as a character. Which I think is, is kind of funny, because, you know, I follow Ming-Na, Ming-Na on Twitter. You see her, she's always, like, taking, you know, if, if there's pictures with her in it, she's always, like, smiling really wide, and she's, you know, thumbs up at the camera, that kind of thing. And she's always very, uh, 
very positive, very, uh, you know, very thoughtful for, you know, people tweeting stuff at her and following her and that kind of stuff. And, you know, she's kind of made the comments of, you know, going to the Thor premiere, you know, and, and, uh, you know, making comments about Chris Hemsworth. And then you see her on the show and she just like never cracks a smile. Right. She doesn't really say too much. You know, she's very stoic. So it's just kind of funny to see that huge contradiction between, you know, the, the person and, and the character. Another thing I thought was interesting was uh, part of Ward being taken over uh, by the rage and sort of being a jerk to the team was him attacking Fitz for not jumping out of the plane to save Simmons, which has come up a number of times now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's headed anywhere, but it seems like they're referring to it a bunch, you know. Fitz has already mentioned to Simmons that he, you know, would have done it but didn't get the chance to, and now Ward is coming back and basically pointing the finger at Fitz, and they had that conversation uh, in the Hub episode when they were on that mission where Fitz sort of had to prove that he was a good yeah. enough agent and stuff. It's it's come up now a number of times. Yeah, and I think, again, that's where I think the show's doing a good job of not letting stuff die. You know, they're not, you know, it's not so continuity heavy, at least at this point, where if you missed an episode, I don't think you would be completely out of the loop. This isn't like a, you know, Fringe or a Lost or even like Breaking Bad or something like that, where it's it's very much dependent on the previous episode. But they make mention of stuff that happens before. So if you are watching and paying attention week to week, it's just that extra little nugget that you get. Uh, so I, th- I think they're holding a good balance with that. Right. And, of course, we get um, Agent Coulson contemplating picking up the staff. Yeah. So that maybe he can regain a memory that he has seemed to have forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, that was a I- – I wasn't – I thought maybe he was really going to do it. Um, yeah. And then the doctor kind of talked him off the ledge, and and he didn't. The staff. The, let's talk about the staff a little bit. So there are a couple couple things about that. One, the fact that it's called the Berserker staff, and they talked about the Berserker armor. I thought was awesome, because definitely a nod to the comics, the first Thor movie, uh, even the Avengers, because Coulson created the Berserker gun, which has that same quality to it that you know that like the staff had, where it's like right. the rings around it um then the staff itself if you looked at the handle of it it was crafted in a way that reminds you a lot of thor's hammers handle where it's kind of that uh it, it has the kind of that the rings around it so to speak on on the handle uh so it, it and of course all the 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 writings you know in in the asgardian language or you know whatever whatever you know hieroglyphics or whatever all that is very much matches what we see with the other weapons from the Thor movies and, and his hammer. So I, again, the continuity, you know, keeping, keeping with that continuity, I thought was, was good as well. And I think they, they did a really good job. Now, do you think, and I'm going to go into a little bit of uh, geeky comic book stuff here for a second. So bear with me, but Russell knows exactly what I'm talking about. Do you think they pulled a little bit of this storyline from the worthy and the, um, What's the name of the... Oh, Fear event? Itself? Yes. Because... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. When they touched the staff, it seemed to have that effect. You could start to see like the orange lines go through their hands, almost yeah. like a, almost like a computer effect, like they were getting infected by a virus or something like that. And there was a line in the comics where, you know, only certain uh, heroes or villains would be able to pick up these weapons that would then give them like as guardian power. And I think it made them nuts too, right? I think it made yes. them yeah, crazy so. and and uh, berserkerish. So I think it was kind of a. And it's what Marvel does best, right? They're combining something from the comics with something in the movies, making it its own thing that makes a little more sense, you know. Yeah, definitely. I didn't think about that until you said it. But, yeah, it, the minute you mentioned it, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the the effect, because they all had, yeah, that, I call it that Tron-like effect. Yes, where, that's a know, good way it, of putting it, yeah. Yeah, where it has that kind of, uh, uh, you know, day glow thing going on. But, yeah, very much so. Same thing. They pick it up, they... You know, and they they start having these crazy powers. So, so yeah, absolutely. One of the one of the better events I think in in recent time uh, in the on the comic side. So if you're if you're kind of a casual comic fan, uh, you might want to take a look at Fear itself. Lots of Asgardian hijinks. Yeah, yeah. When they put the Doctor in the room and they start to interrogate him. Uh, and and they start going on, and he mentions how the room is encased in some kind of vibranium, to where like they can't they can't escape. And I thought that again, vibranium, nice callback. You know, a a it's the metal from the land of Wakanda, which is the home of the Black Panther, which they've kind of teased and talked about several times. It's also a primary component of uh, Captain America's shield. So the fact that they have this room on the the airplane that is encased in part of that alloy to to not let things get out i thought was was kind of cool yeah and i think that was before we knew he was an asgardian right yes because that probably should have been our clue like why would they need vibranium room to stop a professor you know like why would they be even telling him that you know it probably afterwards i was like oh duh they pretty much you know told us that he had the ability to break out the other part that I thought was hilarious was when they asked him, when they asked the doctor, when they found out he was Asgardian and everything, they asked him if he knew Thor. And then he's like, of course, I'm 5,000 years old. I lived on Asgard. Of course I knew Thor. And then he's like, no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, that was it's, good. It's, you know, it's like if, if you said you were from Earth and somebody said, oh, you must know, um, you know, Bill Gates or, you know, you must know, you know, President Obama or something like that. It's right. like, yeah, of course, I'm from Earth. I, of course I know him. <laughs> And then he gave him a little dig after, right, Coulson? He was like, yeah, maybe I'll introduce you to Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Coulson, Coulson had his, you know, uh, uh, you know, Lloyd Benson moment where he's like, ah, you know, I knew Jack Kennedy, you're no Jack Kennedy, where he tells him, you know, you may not know Thor, but I know Thor. And, you know, he has that whole bit I thought was, yeah. he kind of threw it back at him. So I thought that was kind of funny. So, again, to, to keep with the tradition of the show and to just – uh, bounce around and just talk about the show as it comes to us in a more natural conversation, even though I said that makes it less natural. But anyway, um, the bit at the beginning when they're cleaning all that stuff up and they start talking about Thor, and I think it's uh, uh, Sky that, you know, talks about how attractive Thor is and, you know, he's dreamy and, and uh, Coulson, I think it's Coulson that says something like, well, you know, he's all, you know, he kind of contradicts that, and 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 May turns around and goes, "No, he's dreamy." I, I just thought that was that was just kind of funny how they uh, 
Yeah. Everybody loves Thor. <laughs> yeah, and totally uncharacteristic for her, which yeah, which worked in this uh, in this regard. Yeah. Coulson had a good line in there too, and I'm 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 banging my head trying to remember it, but he gives a quick joke, and it's a pun about either Thor or hammers or rocks or something, and then he goes, "See what I did there?" Yeah, which was funny because it was like it was so the nose the nose. The joke was so on the nose that you're you're about to say to yourself, "Oh man, that's really corny," and then he comes out and like acknowledges it. Yeah, you know, which is a Joss Whedon thing, totally. It, you know, exactly, exactly. And, and there was a lot of that. I think you know we've talked about it so far, but it just worked this episode. I think. I think a lot of that, the the humor, I think, was just right. Um, and again, I think I think Frakes just did a really good job on the direction. I mean, I I just think I think the stuff in the well. Like you said, it kind of had that Nolan claustrophobic uh, quality that we saw in like Batman Begins, um, or even Dark Knight Rises. Uh, you know, at, at, with how that movie played out. But I think he just, you know, he knows how to do the action. You know, he knows how to to, to do the character stuff. So I, I think it was a, I think it's just a solid choice. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely taken a turn for the better the last three weeks running now. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's directed by different people and stuff, but it's definitely just gelling better. Um, and it's funny because we really haven't been back to the rising tide or like the major stories now. No. And I would have, you know, if you would have asked me preseason, I would have said, no, I, I definitely prefer, you know, the big picture stories rather than the, you know, freak of the week or. Or whatever, but in in this case so far, you know they've they're hitting home runs with the uh, with the one shot episodes. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's because they decided to take the path that okay, we'll set up in the beginning that there's something bigger going on in this universe, and that it's all going to tie in. So we'll tease you with that. Then we're going to spend X number of episodes, how many ever it turns out to be six, eight, ten, whatever, um, building up these characters so you get to know these characters better. And I think. You know, like we've we've talked about on this before, we beat it to death. We've kind of got a diminishing of Sky. I think Ward is starting to become more interesting and not be so wooden. Fitz and Simmons, I think, have gone from background characters to very much foreground characters for the better. And we're starting to get a little bit of May. And we're starting to understand why Coulson is the way he is. And that he's not the Coulson from... Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and the Avengers. Like, we, we're starting to understand why this Coulson is different. Right. And what did you think about the uh, the very end with Coulson on the uh, massage table in Tahiti? At first, I thought that he was, he was just kind of uh, like, uh, you know, on a, on a, you know, like a hall pass for the weekend or something like he, he was, uh, you know, at a massage parlor or something with a, you know, a, a screen in the background that they're projecting or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it became obvious that it wasn't, it started to get, it was weird. Like it shouldn't have been a creepy scene, but it, maybe it was the music or something at the end. I need to go back and rewatch it, but it start you started to get that creepy vibe out of it. Yeah. Um, and then of course, when he wakes up in the cold sweat, you were like, ah, he's starting to, to remember. So then it's like, okay, is he starting to remember because he's consciously making an effort to inquire more about this? You know, we saw he made the phone call last week. Um, you know, he's starting to realize that when somebody says Tahiti, it's almost automatic that he says it's a magical place. Right. And he's starting to catch himself. 
and he was around this Asgardian artifact and and the Asgardian that maybe it's starting to jar something loose that maybe just being in proximity to these artifacts that it's it's kind of jarring something loose you know what 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 is it that's that's doing it maybe you know again maybe it's a combination of everything but um but yeah i thought i thought it was kind of cool i i uh i'm really starting to get interested in what happened to colson i'm i'm very much moving away from the camp that he is an lmd or that the colson from the avengers was an lmd i'm pretty well convinced this is human flesh and blood colson uh and something happened to him and and I think it's going to be really interesting when we finally find out what it is. Now, let me ask you this, because you are the man who remembers things. Um, dollhouse. Yes. When the dolls woke up, didn't they always, like, repeat the same phrase or ask the same question? Yeah, like I think the... it... Go ahead. Yeah, I think it was like, like, good morning or hello or good afternoon. Like, it was always a greeting. And it was real I, I thought it was I thought it was a question for some reason, but it's a it, it really doesn't matter. I I guess what I'm getting at is I got a real dollhouse vibe from mm. when he was talking to the massage therapist. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Like just a very sort of not monotone, but a very like docile, like the whole thing sounded like rehearsed or mm -hmm. just yeah. wrote, you know, from memory. And then when he gets to the, you know, it's a magical place part, you know, that's when he sort of snaps out of it and wakes up. Right. But uh, and I was wondering, like, if it was just a, if it was actually a dollhouse, you know, homage because these people worked on dollhouse as well, I believe. Or yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Very much you know, so. or if if it was just a similar sort of theme, and as you think about that, I'm gonna see if I could look up uh, the dollhouse thing. Yeah, it definitely could be the the other. As you're as you're looking at that, one of the things I noticed in the last several episodes is the writing credits are not attributed to Marissa Tancherone and uh, Jed Whedon. That they're uh, they're. I think the last two episodes were credited to a sole writer. Now I, I realize that they have a writer's room and that, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, that, that Jed and Marissa are, uh, you know, show runners. So I, I don't think it's, it's, um, you know, like one person's vision per episode. I, I still think that they have a heavy hand in how the scripts are turned out. So I don't know if whoever comes up with the story concept for the, for the episode gets the credit. I'm not sure how that all works out that way but i know we saw in the first two or three episodes the pilot for sure that it was jed marissa and joss and then the second episode and third episode i think were jed and marissa and now it's kind of we're seeing that um that primary writing credit is is given away from them and and it's kind of funny because we've noticed the last several episodes that that i think we could say the writing is definitely taking a turn for the better or at least the the episodes are better whether that's because of the writing specifically or writing and directing or the acting or or what have you but it, it's it's kind of a, it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on as the as the season and the show progresses is to see if if we notice that you know based on whoever takes the writing credit if we're finding that those episodes are um favorable or non-favorable right well, I guess if anybody remembers Dollhouse better than us, if you can drop us a line on Twitter or Facebook or email or voicemail and, and tell us the uh, – I'm 
90% sure there was like a, a regular dialogue that they went through every time they woke up. And uh, it just kind of reminded me of the scene with Coulson. Should we see what Brad thought of the episode? Yeah, we got we got a couple of voicemails, so let's let's see what uh, what Mr. Milo has to say first. Cool. Hey guys, it's Brad. Taking a quick break out from work to uh, give you guys a call with my thoughts on uh, the latest episode of uh, Agents of Shield. Sorry, I've been able to join you the last uh, few times you guys have recorded. Uh, work schedule is uh, not uh, not favorable at the moment for recording whenever I want to. So, uh, I liked this episode a lot. I knew it was a Thor tie-in. I didn't know what to expect, and I think that benefited uh, me not expecting a lot. I was just mainly curious as to how they were going to tie it in. Um, I think, you know, just the fact that we saw him cleaning up after the events of the movie was enough, and it was a bonus that uh, there was some Asgardian stuff thrown in. I just like the fact that it that we get a clear indication that it, it's a shared universe, you know, and the fact that we got a little intro of uh, of Simmons, you know, talking about the the, the uh, Norse or not Norse, the uh, Asgardians and Thor and and that kind of stuff, and his kind of clean up after them. That I thought that was pretty cool, but the fact that it was a uh, another Asgardian on the on Earth, it's been there a while. I think that's a really neat concept. Um, I liked uh, seeing our team interact with uh, the artifact. I thought that was really cool. I, we got to know a little bit more about Ward and seeing him uh, deal with uh, the effects of the staff was pretty cool. I think my favorite part was knowing that uh, the cavalry you know, it didn't affect her. Like, she could control it because she's in. The, she visits that pain every day, you know, that he had shut out. You know, the, the staff powered her up, but she was able to control it because she hasn't hidden from that that pain that that the staff, you know, stirred up in her. She, like I said, she, I can't remember her exact words, but, you know, she sees those memories every day and, and she's used to it, but she was able to just to channel that rage and, uh, and get it done. Um, I really liked it. I like Peter McNichol. I think he's a, a great actor. I've always enjoyed him. Um, the uh, the tag at the end where we learn a little bit about Coulson, that was, uh, I don't know that we actually learned, but we got a little, little bit more of the piece. Um, that was interesting. Um, you know, the magical Tahiti place. Uh, oh, and then before the end, before the tag, the end of the show, a little interesting development between Ward and um, why am I I'm blanking on the cavalry's first name? I can't believe I'm talking about Ming Na Wen. I'm blanking on her on her name. It's just crazy. I'm trying to get all these thoughts in before I have to get back into work. But uh, it was interesting the little uh, her walking in, leaving her hotel room door open, and then him joining her. So. You know, it's possible that uh, we're being led to believe something's happening when, in fact, you know, we may find out that nothing happened or, or whatever, but who knows. Anyway, that's interesting. I liked the whole episode. Um, yeah, I understand 
and you may have read it already. Uh, there was a listener who was very upset about it. He sent us an email. I read the email. He's quite irate. He didn't care for it. And, um, you know, I can understand that, but I, I it, it met all of my requirements for a good episode. I think the show continues to get better. Every episode, they're really hitting their stride. I'm looking forward to... Um, what's coming down the road. I think the writers are really finding the voices for these for these characters, and I'm really happy about it. All right, guys. Hope to join you next time we record next week. Take care. Bye. Yeah, we forgot the Melinda May, Brad, Melinda May. <laughs> uh, we forgot that little part, which yeah. is definitely interesting. I mean, it brings a little... I'm just glad they're not going down the ward and sky path so quickly. At least maybe this tells yeah. us. Yeah. I you know, as funny as much as I as I rail on the whole characters hooking up trope, I this worked for me. Like it made sense. They both kind of got super amped up. They both kind of unleashed a bunch of aggression. They kind of uh they both kind of did it from a place of of a lot of anger and obviously some some issues in the past. You know, in 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 Ward's case, I guess we we got a little glimpse of it. With May's case, we just still have no clue. But those two kind of going off uh, into her room, I, I just I I thought that was uh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they have like a bond now. I mean, yeah, and I. And I guess it, I thought it was cool, and I think it'll work, because I think this will be one of those, like, we're not going to talk about this ever again. Like, this happened, and, you know, kind of the, you know, wink and a nod to the audience, they know it happened, but nobody else is going to find out about this. I'm sure at some point it'll get out, but but it's kind of a one-night thing, and that's how I took it. I don't I don't see the two of them developing a relationship, at least I right. hope not. Right, and nobody, you know, I was kind of half waiting for Sky to be coming around the corner and catch it happening. Yeah. You know, or somebody catch it happening fits, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, like you said, it's probably going to be very hush-hush because, you know, nobody saw it, and I wouldn't expect the two of them are the type to let that get out. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I, 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 it, it worked for me. I, 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 uh, I liked it. So maybe let's play the other voicemail now, and then we can get to that email that we've referred to a couple times. That sounds like a plan. Hi, this is for the Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. I was just watching the new episode. Um, it was really good. I, uh, this is Jason, by the way. Sorry. Um, um, it's, Asia, it's a really good episode, and I went to watch it because it's really good. I... Uh, I'm a big fan of Four of the Dark World. I really liked it. Even though I do like the first four, I like the second one much. So when they when I heard they were doing an episode on based on the Dark World, like afterwards, I was really excited. Now a lot of key points that I really liked in the episode. Uh, Agent Ward was really in this episode. Felt like a Ward-centric episode, which I like. Um, he, he, I like how we're pointing out that all Sky does is talk and talk and talk, which finally someone noticed because <laughs> he runs her mouth kind of like Deadpool or Spider-Man. Um, another good point is when Minda May had the uh, staff and started beating up people, 
I was flashing back to her as uh, when when she did when she was in Street Fighter with uh, John Poppy and Dan. <laughs> and the other cool part was with uh, when they put this. I know I'm just jumping around, but when they put the knife up to uh, one professor and it bent in the fact he was asked regarding our school. And that's why interesting they're building up this Tahiti thing. So he had a, how Colson had a dream of a girl in Tahiti woke up. So that was interesting. Anyways, I would like to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I hope, I think this show is getting better and better each episode. I don't think, uh, lately I don't think it's lagging. The last two episodes were really good. I just hope to see more greatness like these last two were. Um, and I hope to hear your podcast and hear this in it. So, uh, um, see you guys and, uh, and don't touch Willa. Bye. Thanks, Jason. You know, I didn't think one one really good point that he made is uh, Ward kind of says what we've all been thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't make that connection when it happened, but uh, but he definitely does. Yeah, and, and Jason's thought process definitely follows ours, jumping all over the place. That's what we, we like to do. <laughs> yeah, um, for real. Uh, but the Chun-Li thing was kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't even know she was in that. I, I mean, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I may have never seen that, to be honest with you. But uh, you've, you've probably done yourself a service. Yeah. <laughs> um, not great. It is like Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of like at sort of the starting of the downward crest of his uh, popularity or is, at, his, at the height of his, uh, um, you know, when he could kind of still – move although after looking at that recent uh car commercial car commercial maybe maybe i need to be quiet but um he definitely was a lot more agile back then i would say uh, yeah overall for sure uh let's take a second here do we have anything on facebook oh we have the angry email though right yeah we have the angry email nothing on facebook we do have the twitter comments if we want to talk about that i'll do that because that's real quick okay maybe we want to go to the angry email next because we keep referring to it and yeah let me do that yeah so let me pull that up victor santiago he's emailed us before on walking dead right i think so that name oh maybe that's uh it sounds familiar but there's another guy oh everard that was a walking dead guy i don't know that's who i'm thinking of maybe this guy does too gotcha all right, so we got an email from Victor, and uh, the, epi- the, the title of the email, so just we'll frame it properly here, is uh, this episode sucks. So that kind of that starts it off on the, on the tone that, that, uh, that we'll expect. I'm just glad, because when I saw the subject, I thought he was going to yell at us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, he wasn't referring to uh, that episode of the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. He was referring to, uh, to the well. Um, so he's got a few reasons here why he thinks the well is the worst thing ever. Um, and he's got three points. And maybe what we'll do is we'll take these one at a time because uh, they're, they're a little lengthy. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of give our re- rebuttal or, or, reaffir- or uh, affirmation thereof. Um, so he says, one, 
Follow-up to Thor 2, my ass. We got one scene of them picking up junk, and then that's it. Sure, this was the Asgardian episode, in quotes, and they name-dropped Thor every scene, but that could have happened at any point in the series. Maybe it was to feel as though it, was, it wasn't essential to see the movie that this could stand on its own. But at least have the, the rod be one of the Dark Elf weapons from the movie or something. Give us Kat Dennings or, um, or Skarsgård, uh, Dr. Selvig. Uh, this is the ultimate letdown, and next time for Cap 2, we're probably going to get one of those, oh crap, our ratings are low, appearances by ScarJo, or, even, or, or probably even Cap himself. I um, I kind of get what he's saying. None of it bothered me as much as it did <laughs> yeah. uh, him, but I do get that it was kind of a. It wasn't really a tie-in, um, but I did enjoy the Asgard-centric episode um, as their version of a tie-in. So I, I definitely get where he's coming from. Didn't bother me quite as much as him. I mentioned early on that I would have liked a Cat Denning sighting, but who wouldn't? Exactly. And I, you know, at first I was like, well, wouldn't it have been cool if they would have gotten Doctor Selvig, you know? Um, uh, Skarsgård to come in and and play him, and then given the twist that we had in that episode, I was like, oh well, that wouldn't have worked. I mean, there there was a point to uh, to using Peter McNichol, so it kind of my argument kind of turned against myself uh, as as I got through the episode. Um, as far as the Cap Two stuff, I think uh, I think we'll have a little bit more to say about that at the end when we cover kind of uh, upcoming episodes and maybe a little bit of spoilery kind of stuff. On that. So point number two. Thor is an alien. Fact. Right? I understand that, for whatever reason. The movies are alluding to the idea that Asgardians and such are not hocus-pocus gods, but are in fact beings from another plane of existence that visited our world in the Viking Ages. I have heard it constantly said, podcasts around the web forever, that Thor is an alien. But I just figured that was just audience taking the excuses that way. Now this episode comes straight out and calls them aliens a hundred times. Really? I mean, really? I'm with Sky on this one. It's magic. Simmons was all, it's science we haven't discovered slash realized yet. Uh, what science is there behind the staff that only people that deems worthy can lift uh, can lift, and in the right hands can also cause a holder to fly and, and wield lightning? Thor is our first entry into the supernatural side of the universe. What's going to happen when they introduce Doctor Strange, Iron Fist? Is the good doctor manipulating sciences we don't understand? Because I'm pretty sure he's just a wizard. I have faith in Marvel contorting comic book continuity into stuff that works in the movies and TV. Yeah. So, again, I questioned the alien thing early on in, in this podcast. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Um. You know what? I think we should like have this conversation again after we find out what happened to Coulson. Probably, yeah, probably a good idea. Um, I, because I, it's either going to be alien tech or magic. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, he kind of brings up Doctor Strange and Iron Fist. I think, I mean, Iron Fist hard to say because at this point, uh, he hasn't really brought been brought into the into the movie universe. We know that that. Uh, he's the subject of an upcoming Netflix series. Uh, so how that actually plays out, who knows? They could bypass all of that completely, and he could just be a badass martial artist. You know, we, at this point, we don't know, so it's kind of hard to speculate on that side. 
As far as Doctor Strange, same bit. Like, they haven't brought him in yet. We don't know what he's going to do. But Doctor Strange uses a lot of artifacts to enhance his magic. So he uses the Eye of Akamoto, the cape, all these other things that could definitely be technologically based. Hard to say. Um, so, so, again, a lot of speculation. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, and I think, Victor, if you go back and listen to the beginning of the episode, uh, or by this time, I guess you'll have heard it, um, you know, kind of my my or our take on the whole Thor alien thing, like John said. Uh, number three, that horrible tag, and I'm assuming he's meaning the um, kind of the stinger at the end. First, we get the stupid dollhouse reference. That show sucked. And then this horrible <laughs> play out of it wasn't real or whatever crap. Um, I think, I don't know if we've gone on record on this show, but I know in general we have. John and I were pretty big fans, well, maybe not big fans, but we were fans of Dollhouse. Um, I think it had it had high points and low points, and I think if, if it was uh, able to play out maybe closer to the way that Joss wanted it to, I think it could have been a better show than it was. But, uh, you know, at least we got a couple seasons. Uh, if, if any of you have ever listened to um, more than four episodes of either the old uh, Legion of Dudes slash Longbox of Doom, you'll know my uh, infatuation for Elijah Dushku, so that pretty much uh, sums up that, that whole dollhouse thing right there. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you hated the show, you're not going to like a reference to the show. Um, again, I, I'd like to hear from a writer if it was a direct homage or if it was just kind of a common sort of uh, way about, you know, a theme. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it being a dream. I mean, I wasn't expecting this to be the reveal of Coulson, you know, not even halfway through season one. What was the first part? He didn't like that it was fake, that he woke up. Was there something else before that? Oh, the dollhouse reference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. No, I guess I'm not with him on this one. I kind of liked it. Yeah. Uh, so last couple things here. I did like things though. Uh, Professor Asgard, that, that was funny, was a neat idea. The Ward May pairing is a nice twist in a new direction. I could care even less about Ward now though. Um, and then his last point is also, what's up with the trench coat Fitz is rocking in the early promo picks? He has worn that at, he hasn't worn that on at all on screen yet. Um, on that last one, th- that stuff happens all the time. I mean, these promo pieces are done. The, probably the day after casting, um, probably before they even shot a foot of film. So, you know, who knows at the time they could have had a completely different direction for him and his character. Um, it could be, that's just what was laying around that day. And he spilled some coffee on his shirt. You know, who knows? Right. So we thank you, Victor. Um, I don't think we are completely on the same page as you, but, uh, it's always good to kind of hear a, dissenting opinion and to get a different perspective on what people think of the show and uh and what what they're doing yeah and we certainly have not been you know a hundred percent glowing no uh throughout this I, I i do agree you know i think it's getting better i've had less to complain about you know the last few weeks but uh we're certainly not opposed to people that may not enjoy you know certain episodes or or how things turn out Agreed. So I think I will go ahead and rate this one. You know, the ratings are... We probably should go on a scale of 10 because these five ratings are just ridiculous. We just end up with like 4.875 and stuff. And Yeah. 
Probably um, right. But for season one, I, I think we'll stick with uh, with the five ratings. I will give this four point four um, Asgardian artifact pieces. Uh, I, I I am I I think this reflects me enjoying these shows much more. I don't know if my scale is showing that they're going up a little bit each week, but that's what I mean it to. Uh, that's how I want it. I will give it a 4.5. Uh, again, another solid episode. Uh, I was really happy with it. I, I, there, again, like we kind of mentioned, less things that felt clunky in this episode uh, than in previous episodes. I think maybe if this, if there would have been more of a connection between the people looking for the artifact and the artifact, I, I think maybe that would have that would have kind of closed that loop a little bit. But um, but I think good writing, I think good directing, uh, solid performances. Again, Sky continues to be diminished, and uh, the rating numbers go up. So I don't, I'm not saying that there's a direct correlation between that, but uh, it certainly seems a little fishy to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, and I think, I guess there was a little bit of official news recently that we are definitely also getting a Captain America two tie-in. Yes. Uh, it sounds like, um, I'm not going to say it, uh, a familiar face will show up in that one as well. And I think after that, we'll know how they're going to handle these tie-ins. You know, if if we get yeah. another one that's really just kind of a mention of the movie and then its own thing, or if we get more of an actual uh, tie-in, I, I think that'll answer a lot of questions about how they're going to go about this too. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, they, they it's kind of a tough for them because – if they tie it too directly close to when the movie comes out, then you're giving away too much that people need to go to the movie for. If you tie it too loosely, then people are upset because it's like, oh, well, that was, you know, they're kind of using the movie as leverage for people to watch the show. So it's 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 a tough line to walk. Um, but the good thing is, I think, based on the trailers, I think they could tie it into the movie without really giving it away. I think there's something that we can get glean from the trailer about shield and the way it's operating and um you know specifically cap and his crew and how they they view shield as an as an entity um from time to time if i could get a little spoilery i do have something that i think might be kind of cool if they could tie it into uh to cap okay let's let's do our little wrap up quick and then we'll have a little spoiler section perfect uh, if you guys would like to email or voicemail or tweet or Facebook us, uh, we have all those things. We have the Facebook group, which is, I think, facebook.com uh, slash uh, Shield TV Podcast. Uh, we have at Shield Podcast on Twitter. We have a new voicemail number, which I do not have handy. I was hoping that these verbal cues would have Russ get that phone number ready, but I don't know if he picked up on them. It is 972-798-3830. Fantastic. You can just, that's our HHWLOD network voicemail line. Just tell us who the uh, message is for, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. And uh, you can go ahead and leave one there like we had uh, Jason did this week um, and Brad as well. 
And, of course, visit us at hhwlod.com. Lots of cool, geeky shows there. Uh, Out Now is about movies. Uh, The Real Heroes is about comic book movies. We have The Long Box of Doom, which is mostly about comic books. We have The Black Box. We have... Give me another one. Uh, Really BS... The Icapod Crane Cast. Yes. What's the name of that silly show? Sleepy the, uh, Hollow. Yeah, which is the you know killing it in the ratings. People are loving it, and uh, Aaron does a great job with that with his friends. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week for the Shield Podcast. So long. Spoiler so, section by so, Russell. So spoilery. So this is a lot of speculation, but it gives a little bit away based on the trailer for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Nothing. This isn't based on anything I've read online, any kind of spoilery, anything. So this is purely speculation, but but I think it's probably best that we keep it on the spoiler side. So we see in the, the Captain America, the Winter Soldier trailer that uh, in general, it looks like things aren't going well in the world of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that that. Cap is maybe being used as a tool to further an agenda that maybe he's not comfortable with. Uh, We see that the Winter Soldier attacks, and it's not clear that this is the case, so this is purely my speculation, attacks uh, uh, Nick Fury's vehicle, um, which causes it to kind of explode, flip over, and then we see someone in a hospital bed um, that looks like Nick Fury, that I'm thinking is Nick Fury. So I'm guessing that's, that's kind of what pushes Cap maybe over the top to uh, to kind of get to the bottom of what's going on. It, I think it would be cool if they want to tie this in to have a, maybe Coulson's team be on like protection detail for, for Fury in the hospital and they have to stop some tangential threat like maybe some other organization, maybe Centipede or somebody is going after Fury while he's vulnerable in the hospital and they could kind of tie it in that way and, and like I said, Coulson's team you know, has to, to stop that plot or to stop that from going on or, or protect him. And, you know, it's one of those things that kind of maybe take place between the, the beats of the movie or maybe even something that happened that Coulson him, or that Fury himself isn't aware of. I, I, you know, I think something like that might work. That would be – that sounds really awesome. Uh, I wonder if it would suck for people that haven't seen the movie. Yeah, um, that's the fear. But I, I agree, and I think our um, our email or not our caller may have mentioned it. You know, there, there are ways that they can tie in more without, you know, wrecking anything. Like the, the Berserker staff could have been something from the Dark Elves. You know, that was kind of a pretty good point. Yeah. If they could find little ways to tie in. I think I mentioned... You know, why couldn't those uh, people that stormed in, and it was either the pilot or episode two, you know, why couldn't they just be AIM? Why did they have to be, like, no-name science guys? Um, I think if they do little things like that, it's going to go a long way with the the comic geeks. But we do know that it is going to tie pretty directly. Well, let me take that back. We do know that it is going to tie into... Captain America and the Winter Soldier in some form or fashion, which would be interesting because that movie comes out April 4th. This season will probably be winding down around that time. Usually early May is when uh, is when TV seasons kind of wrap up. So it's kind of going to be um, towards the end of that season uh, that that happens. Right. A um, couple other 
bits. I, we didn't really talk about too much news because, again, this is this may be considered spoilery, uh, but it looks like there's going to be a winter break, so there's going to be some sort of like mid-season hiatus, which is kind of typical these days with television. Usually around December, I guess the Christmas, New Year holiday, they tend everything kind of goes away for a little while, um, you know, just so it doesn't get killed with people not paying attention to television. Um, but it looks like the episode titled The Bridge, which is going to be in three weeks. So it looks like we've got three more new episodes before it goes away for a while. Um, and it looks like we're going to get J. August Richard back. Um, and it's and the, the title is uh, The Bridge. In a shocking cliffhanger episode, Coulson takes the war back to Centipede. And this time he brings in Mike Peterson, J. August Richards, uh, for some super, super soldier support. As they get closer to the truth, Startling secrets are revealed, and an unexpected twist threatens the team on Marvel Agent, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesday, December 10th. Cool. So I think that'll be good. All right, everybody. Thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. <laughs>